there are things in life that uh, I think that you will always remember when the news comes down or you hear it for the first time. If it's news like we got on Saturday night, I think you'll always remember where you were. I'll remember where I heard this news because I was in a movie theater and got a text from Chris when I heard about this. I remember where I was. I was on the air on a Saturday night in San Francisco the night Mickey Mantle died. Um, and it was tough to talk about it that night. This isn't going to be tough to talk about. It's actually kind of interesting to talk about. But the big news that rocked this, and I don't even, I think this transcends even the sports world. I mean, even your dumbest little whatever that sits in Botswana has heard of Andrew Luck, I believe. And, or at least to the National Football League. And when the National Football League, I mean, I've got to believe that Jane Goodell's husband is scratching her head, or scratching his head. Maybe she's scratching it for him. But somebody at NFL Place at, at Park Avenue, New York City, NYC, is probably thinking, what the hell just happened? And what the hell just happened was on Saturday night, um, out of the blue, I don't think anybody saw this coming. I really don't. The, the official announcement was supposed to happen Sunday afternoon, but word leaked out during last night's Indianapolis Colts and whoever the hell they were playing, doesn't matter. Word leaks out that Andrew Luck, 29 years old, the first overall draft pick of the 2012 draft out of the Stanford University, has decided to retire from the National Football League again at 29 years of age. He's leaving $58 million plus on the table. And uh, this not only, this news not only shakes the foundation of the football fans in Indianapolis, and I got a comment about those sons of bitches in a minute too. But I obviously I got to let Chris have, have some say because we're all chomping at the bit to say something here. He's leaving 58 point something million dollars on the table. And Andrew Luck has decided to give the quarterbacking job to Jacoby Brissett in Indianapolis. But make all the jokes you want. This is earth-shattering news. It, it changes the course of direction, not only for the Indianapolis Colts and the AFC South division in general, but this rocks the foundation of the National Football League. You keep losing guys. You've now lost Barry Sanders at 31. You've lost Curtis uh, Megatron at the great wide receiver, Calvin Johnson at 30. Part of that is they played in Detroit. But now you lose a quarterback of the magnitude of Andrew Luck at 29 due to injuries. He just has lost the love and passion for the game with all the injuries. And Chris, I know Indianapolis fans, NFL fans are in shock today. But uh, this shocks the foundation not only of the sporting world, but this just shocks general population today with the news that Andrew Luck has decided to hang up his cleats at the age of 29. Yeah, I was driving southbound on Deerfoot Trail in Calgary when I saw an alert come in, and I thought it was a joke or something. And then the uh, one guy I really enjoy reading, I went to his page, and he said he was wondering if Adam Schefter's Twitter account had been hacked mm -hmm. and someone was playing a joke or something. But no, it was real, and then they were going to have the press conference today and they ended up having it last night and it's just crazy i want to go through some of the there's a lot of reaction around here uh actually we hit to twitter just like we do on freeform friday dennis parent dennis the parent 
But let's see, I have about 50 million in the bank, my brain so far remains intact, but my battered body will never be the same, so do I retire while I can, or do I want to retain the affections of emotionally stunted fans who project their empty lives onto me? Uh, and then, of course, there was a tweet that got a lot of uh, backlash there where a gentleman named uh, Doug, Doug Gottlieb said, retiring because rehabbing is too hard is the most millennial thing ever. And people were pretty upset about that. So CM Punk uh, came out and he said, complaining about a grown man making a decision about his own life is the pumpkin spice latte of the most millennial things ever. So you can really get uh, some some uh, some strong sides. Either way, there was a, a parody site uh, had a, a headline said, report Tom Brady stunned to find out you're allowed to just quit the NFL whenever. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, I like how you mentioned Jim Irsay. We've made fun of him, but I'll always remember this, that he uh, could have, that he had almost $25 million he could have asked for back, and he didn't, and that's really what Andrew Luck counting on for his retirement. Anyway, uh, oh, and oh, and I just remembered this one. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to know what the least sympathy Mike Jansen can have for someone is, it's this situation here. Uh, O.J. Simpson's complaining that he drafted Andrew Luck in his fantasy league. Yeah, I, I, I saw that last night. Real class there, O.J. And it, at least I read it on the little blurb on his Twitter account. It says, the real O.J. Um, yeah, I, uh, this affects so many people. Yeah. Um, in the game of football and not in the game of football, fans of the game of football, just general casual fans of the game of football. This was a guy that obviously... Uh, very talented, graduated from Stanford University. Uh, his father is the commissioner of the XFL. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of positives here, but this is a shocker. I mean, I think this, I was, I was just unbelievably shocked when Barry Sanders, you know, hung him up at 31. And this is even, I think, a, a bit more of a shocker for the simple fact this is a quarterback. Um, they don't, I, they obviously they get injured. This is the reason why Andrew Luck is hanging it up at 29 because of the shoulder and the calf and the what and the ankle and everything else. He got tired of rehabbing, but uh, this is a shocker because this is a quarterback uh, just really I believe entering into the prime of his life. I mean I think in regard to quarterbacking in the National Football League, um, you know the best times that you're going to be a quarterback. A lot of people say are between the ages of 30 and 35. And he's just entering into that, and now um, he's going to walk away from the game. Uh, this is this is uh, unbelievable. They started. I mean, their odds have really changed in Las Vegas. That has taken a total. Uh, if you have already drafted your fantasy football league team and you've drafted Andrew Luck to be your quarterback, your SOL. Um, you know, and and I mean, this is just, uh, and I guess. The happiest people right now have got to be Doug Marone in Jacksonville, that idiot the chin in Houston, and that idiot Vrabel in <laughs> Nashville, head coach of the Tennessee Titans, because now they don't have to deal with Andrew Luck twice a year. Well, now Mike Vrabel doesn't have to cut off his own dick to win the Super Bowl. He has a slightly better chance. But when, you're, when your franchise quarterback is being upstaged by Ryan Tannehill in the preseason, your Super Bowl odds aren't looking that great. A couple other things I wanted to mention there. Adam Schefter said, here's how much Andrew Luck meant to Indianapolis. After the news of his retirement broke Saturday night, WISH-TV sports anchor Anthony Calhoun spent 90 straight commercial-free minutes on air, all luck. And one thing that's kind of sad, 
I know this is minor, but one of the, my favorite Twitter accounts out there is Captain Andrew Luck at Captain Andrew Luck, and it's and they've got this great picture, of it looking like he's from the Civil War, mm-hmm. and it and all looked the tweets like, uh, look like Napoleon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and all the tweets are like a Civil War soldier writing letters to his mother, and they're just brilliantly done. I mean, I think the other the other day I saw one. I think they had a joint practice with the Browns or something. So the tweet was. Dearest mother, a group of dog men have yeah, asked to do training exercises together. We accept it. You know, stuff like that. So the final tweet, and maybe there'll be more in the future, but uh, this one was, Dearest mother, the quill has never felt more heavy. I have made the decision to holster my sidearm permanently. I shall battle no more. The decision is difficult, but as the hogs taught me, I must be true to myself. I am coming home to care for you and the farm. Andrew. And now, and I know you alluded to it earlier, uh... I do want to talk about this, uh, about when he news broke as he was standing there joking and laughing on the sidelines of the preseason game last night. And, you know, then people started realizing what's going on. It's coming in on their phones. They're in disbelief. They're staring at the guy. He's right there just joking and laughing. And uh, then the fans started booing. There's been a lot of different Mm -hmm. reactions to this. I'd like to get yours and then I'll give you mine. I am so pissed off about that in regard to the Indianapolis fans. Um, you are not Philadelphia fans, you are not Boston fans, you are not Miami fans, you are Indianapolis fans. You're supposed to be classier than that. This young man made a decision about his health and well-being for a lot longer uh, time in regard to he's got a lot of life left to live, and he has decided to be able to walk away from the game and walk away healthy from the game. And I don't think Indianapolis fans, and I don't think this was a great majority of them. They were just a loud majority of the fans that were booing Andrew Luck when he left the field at halftime last night after those pigeons that can actually read what's on their cell phone were figuring out that Andrew Luck's uh, retirement announcement was about to be made. To boo a guy, I mean, look at it this way. Did you boo Peyton Manning when he left and went to Denver? Hmm. Look at it this way as well. Green Bay, and I I know it always goes back to Green Bay, but Green Bay has had now 30 years. This will be the 30th year of the Green Bay Packers being quarterbacked. The first 16 by Brett Favre, the last 14 now. This will be the start of the 14th year of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So even an idiot like I can do the math. That's 30 years of quarterbacking by Messrs. Messrs. Favre and Rodgers, and they've won two Super Bowls. I don't remember and don't really care how many uh, years how many years Peyton Manning was in Indianapolis. A long time. Congratulations. But that's pretty good lineage of, of quarterbacking, too, when you've got Mayton, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. They've won one Super Bowl. So all those guys that are poo-pooing on Green Bay, go screw yourselves. Uh, it hasn't been much better in Indianapolis, but this isn't about comparing numbers today. This is about, uh, you know, really celebrating the career of a guy who ends up with career numbers that sound like this. 86 career games, 3,290 passes that were attempted, a straight 2,000 completions uh, over these 86 career games, 171 touchdowns, 83 interceptions. He comes out with an 89.5 passer rating and a combined total of 23,671 career total passing yards. The guy... Um, here's a good question. This is a great question. Does Andrew Luck have enough 
in five years to get an invitation to Canton, Ohio? No. I don't think so. No, it's not enough. I don't think so. No. I totally agree. No, absolutely I not. totally agree. But um, I just got to say to the Indianapolis, and I have a nephew that lives in Indianapolis. And if William was at that game booing Andrew Luck last night, shame on you. And to the rest of the people last night that were booing Andrew Luck, shame on you. Um, who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to tell you one thing. It's going to be a lot longer year in Indianapolis this year with Jacoby or Jacory or whatever the fuck his name is. I don't care. Brissett as your quarterback versus Andrew Luck. That's all I'm going to say. I've got a little bit of a different take on this because I think that what was going on here was just pure shock and it was so out of nowhere. So I think with, I think if you take these exact same people who are booing, and a year from now, they have Andrew Luck Day, and like, and you know, he comes out and waves, and yay! I, I think those exact same people, the vast majority, would be cheering. I, oh, I, I believe that. I think so, but and it, or even if it had broken, and then you know, like on Tuesday, and then they're doing a game on Saturday, and they've had a few days for it to digest, even that. But as it comes in, just smacks you on the side of the head out of absolutely nowhere, while the guy's standing there laughing and joking. It was it was so surreal, and it's hard for me driving around in Calgary to wrap my head around. Never mind if you're sitting right there. So I think it. I would chalk it up to just being completely in shock, and I don't think it's indicative of anything. And I don't think that Indianapolis fans are uh, should be looked at as low class. It was just a few scattered people at a preseason game. It's not indicative of the whole. And I think after they've gotten used to the news, I think that they'll feel silly for booing him. I really do. I, I don't agree. I don't... Uh, really? That's one of the things that you you and I have agreed on most everything over 300 and... And uh, for my one buddy that wonders why I do this all the time, <laughs> uh, I haven't had had a chance to do it yet, so go screw yourself. We welcome you with this opportunity to, uh, uh, again, welcome you to this 382nd episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you. I just think that... Those were small mind, and again, I think it's a small, a small but loud group of people that booed last night. And I agree with you in the regard to the frustration thing. But things could have been a hell of a lot uglier over the last what seven years in in uh, Indianapolis, football wise, if you wouldn't have had Andrew Luck playing quarterback for you. And it's unbelievable that the Indianapolis Colts drafted one in 1998 and got Peyton Manning. Somehow they were good for years and years and years, have a shitty 2011 or 2012, and then 2012 miraculously get the first pick and get Andrew Luck. So they've had a they've had San Antonio Spurs luck in regard to the draft lottery. San Antonio Spurs get David Robinson in 1989, then lo and behold, somehow, some way, they get Tim Duncan in 1997. How do you do that? Um, the Los Angeles Clippers had the first round draft trick for how many years and they couldn't do anything? They had to buy, with Steve Ballmer, they had to buy their potential NBA championship, but I digress. This is about the NFL. This is about Andrew Luck. This is about the Indianapolis Colts and what they do on, what they do moving on. What they do moving on is they still got a pretty good football team. Jacoby Brissett is better than Deshaun Kaiser or Tim Boyle, so they're in a better position there than the Green Bay Packers would be. Um... But Indianapolis is not winning the AFC South. Indianapolis is not a AFC preseason Super Bowl contender now. There's no freaking way. But 
I just still think booing Andrew Luck, and I get and I get where Chris is coming from, and, and in that regard, I agree with him. They're frustrated. They're in shock. They can't believe it. A lot of them probably think it's April 1st, April Fool's Day. But to boo a guy that has done as much for the city of Indianapolis, that was a little disappointing. Um, something else disappointing. And obviously, if you want to leave comments, please leave comments. We'd love to hear your comments about Andrew Luck and what, how this surprised you, or maybe even better, leave your comments on one of our nine social media avenues to do so with where you were when you heard Andrew Luck was retiring from the NFL. And did you believe it? I didn't. I remember, again, getting it in a movie house on Saturday night from Chris, and I thought he was full of shit. I really did. I thought he was pulling, <laughs> I thought he was pulling my leg and a few other things, and sure enough, Andrew Luck retires at the age of 29. National Football League has had a tough week. Um, Antonio Brown continues to baffle us with this helmet bullshit. Helmet gate, I guess we have to call it now. His second appeal has been denied by the NFL, so he's got to go and try and find another helmet. Who the hell cares anymore? Just find a fucking helmet and go play. <laughs> God almighty, his last helmet that he was in love with wasn't working very well because he's an idiot. But the NFL has had a tough week, in my estimation. And this tough week started Thursday up here in the great country of Canada in Winnipeg, Manitoba, um, with the Packers-Raiders game at IG Field in Winnipeg, the home of the CFL's Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which, which, if you didn't know, right now, 10 weeks into the CFL season, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have the best record in the CFL with 8-2. and two. Good for them. Michael Shea has done a nice job. Don't know who Michael Shea is? Well, he's the head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But this was a problem that the National Football League, I think, needs to take full blame on. I don't want to hear blame about Winnipeg. I don't want to hear a blame about all this other shit. This was an NFL-sanctioned game. They knew that this exhibition game at IG Field in Winnipeg was uh, going to be held this weekend. They learned about it back in April. They knew the dimensions of the field were different. The CFL field, as you've heard on this program many, many times, and on other programs, if you have uh, listened to other programs, um, the CFL field is wider and it is longer. The end zones are longer. The CFL goalposts are right at the goal line. The NFL goalposts are at the end line, the back line of the end zone. That was where the stem of the problem happened. But my problem is, is again for the fans. The fans were charged more for this game that was played basically as a, it, this was a goat and pony show is what this was. 80 yards, no kickoffs. Um, and the Packers, and I don't know how many players John Gruden sat. He sat a ton of players too. But the Packers, Matt LaFleur, sat 36 Packers. The Packers brought 90 guys to Manitoba, and 36 of them didn't even suit up for the game. They charged more for this game, folks, than they did for a, a, a Grey Cup game, which is the championship game in the CFL. They charged more for this game than they would for a regular season ticket if you were lucky enough to find one in the upper parts of Lambeau Field in Green Bay. They charged more for this game. And they played an 80-yard game with deleted um, 
or del- what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not deleted, uh, but smaller rosters. Oh, depleted. Depleted, thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Depleted rosters on both sides. We didn't get to see Antonio Helmut Brown. We didn't get to see Derek Carr. We didn't get to see any of the four stars of the Oakland Raiders. But more importantly, to a guy like me, I still haven't seen Aaron Rodgers. I haven't seen Aaron Jones. I haven't seen Devontae Adams. I haven't seen our two big defensive acquisitions, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, on the outside because of the field conditions this weekend in Winnipeg, which is supposed to be the the biggest and most important of the exhibition games, the third one where most of the starters play at least through halftime as they prepare for the upcoming season. My problem is, if the field wasn't in good enough shape for 36 Packers, why was this fucking game even played? The Packers still sustained some... Sustained... My lips aren't working very well today. The Packers sustained some injuries from this game. They lost an inside linebacker. They lost one of those... They lost the guy from Notre Dame, E-E-S, whatever his name is, Equinamius. St. Brown, yeah. Right. They lost him for six to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain. Do we blame the field on that? Um, but my feeling here is if the field wasn't good for 36 Packers and let's say at least 30 Raiders, why was this fucking game played? Well, at that point, you've got the fans uh, who paid tickets to be there. And a lot of people probably flew in from other places too, around Canada and maybe even the States for all I know. Maybe there's some hardcore Packers fans there who just never get to go to a game. I don't know, but at that point, they just the thing is, you're just going there to kind of say you saw the Packers and the right. Raiders. So as long as you, they put on some sort of show, it's not like you expect a preseason game to be great anyway. So whatever. But I mean, it's just inexcusable that there were these issues. How ironic that you play on a bigger, longer and wider field <laughs> and you had to make it smaller <laughs> than the American one. Great point. I mean... What kind of incompetence do you have to do to reverse your advantage like that? I mean, if they were going to have a CFL game in an NFL stadium, it'd be tough because, like, how do we do exactly. this, right? Yeah, I know, but, exactly. but going the other way should be no problem. The fact that they didn't think, hey, there's a hole in the ground or two is unbelievable. This is just a catastrophic failure. Uh, yeah, sure, blame the NFL for uh, for not overseeing this properly, but at the local level, I mean, I think part of it is that the NFL is thinking, wow, like these places are going to be so happy. Mexico, London, Canada, they're going to be so honored and so humbled that they get a game. They're going to just be rolling out the red carpet for us. They're going to treat us like we're the second coming here and they're just going to make sure everything is perfect for us because we're the NFL. Well, guess what? Mexico had a concert like the night before and ruined the field. And even with forever of hindsight and and preparation time, Winnipeg didn't think of any of these contingencies. Oh, we'll just play a bunch of CFL games. And then, oh, yeah, NFL's coming. I guess we'll kind of change some lines a bit. Unbelievable. I want people fired over this. I don't even really care about that game or anything. I want people fired over this. I I like to think if they would have gone to Regina, which is a much nicer stadium and newer, uh, and my home province, hopefully, I like to think they would have thought of this stuff and had a plan in place. But it's just unbelievable that these local places didn't take it a little more seriously and make sure everything was in place. If my father would have been in charge, there would have been no issues. I can guarantee you that. So uh, I'm, I'm just in shock at how, how unbelievably unprepared and incompetent these local people are. This game came about in April because when the game was awarded 
or when they made the announcement, if you will, that there was going to be a preseason game, the third preseason game for the Oakland Raiders was going to be a home game. The problem started, I guess, because at that time in April, the Raiders did not have a lease yet with the Oakland Coliseum Commission Board. So they really had the option of playing the game in uh, Levi Stadium in San Francisco, I heard. The University of Nevada, Reno was an option. They also had talked about, uh, there was one other place, but big deal. Winnipeg stands up and offers, hey, listen, they've been playing these international games. Uh, Forget about the problems that we had very early in London, but they keep still trying to jam London down our throat. Mexico City's had a problem, obviously, this last year, and the greatest game I still have ever seen, thankfully, was played in the Los Angeles Coliseum last season between the Kansas City Chiefs and the LA Raiders instead of Taco Bell or whatever the fuck it was down in Mexico because of field conditions. All I'm saying is that the players and Mo Smith, the representative of the Players Association, when you're talking about international games, when the contract, the CBA is start in really getting into earnest discussions about a new CBA, bring up all these failures in regard to field conditions overseas. Leave the goddamn games in the States. You can still get cable all around the world. They can still see them, and the games are going to get played, and they're not going to have field issues. I'm just, I'm sorry. I know that they want to expand their brand. I get that. Jane Goodell's husband just seems adamant about that. But you're putting player safety on the line on these substandard stadiums soccer fields, uh, concert venues, whatever. The National Football League mandates, except in Oakland, the National Football League mandates that their game and their their teams are number one tenants in every building that they have representation in. And that should still be true today. I know that they're building a new stadium exclusively for NFL football in London, and until that goddamn stadium is built, there shouldn't be any London series games. Playing on a soccer pitch doesn't work. Playing on a CFL field that people can't figure that there's going to be holes in the end zones because of the location of the CFL goalposts, it ain't working. Putting a game of the C, even putting an NFL game. Could you imagine playing that game that ended up, what was it, 52 to 50, 55, 52? 54, 51 rounds. Something like that last year. If you had played that game on that concert venue in Mexico, there's no way that that game ends up 54, 52, or whatever the hell it was. was There's no way. And the bottom line here is people get injured. You don't want to see an Aaron Donald or a Jared Goff, or a Todd Gurley, or a, or a uh, Cooper Cup, or the stars of the L.A. Rams, or Patrick Mahomes on the other side, and the Kansas City Chiefs, you don't want to see anybody getting hurt on a substandard field. That game on Thursday night should not have been played. Should not have been played. Aaron, uh, what's the guy... Uh, Adam Schefter, University of Michigan. I hate him for that, but he's a very good insider. He came out last night and said, or excuse me, Friday night after the Thursday night debacle in Winnipeg, he says that he guarantees, he doesn't know how it's going to happen, but he guarantees there will not be four exhibition games in 2020. Awesome. Best news I've heard all week. Mm -hmm. Best news I've heard all week. Yeah, we've been pushing that forever. Best news I've heard all week. And I do think somebody should get fired over what happened in Winnipeg. But I think it should be somebody on the NFL side 
because the NFL is ultimately responsible for this. They should have known of what the challenges were to get the field ready, NFL field ready. Um, I think somebody needs to lose a job over this. I think it's neat that you, the American, is blaming the Americans and the Canadian here is blaming the Canadians. I mean, like, because I'm just embarrassed. It's a National uh, Football this. League venue, and a National Football League is an American based company and has been for a hundred years. And if you keep, if your math skills are as bad in Green Bay as they are in mine, then it's 101 years. But regardless, the NFL is responsible for everything that they put their brand on. And their brand was on this fucking game in Winnipeg. And their guys screwed up. There should have been a guy in total control. This is the guy. Not not Joe Canuck from IG Field in Winnipeg. We need a guy from the NFL offices. Should have sent George Toma up there. George Toma still works for the National Football League. He is the grass guru for the National Football League. He should have been sent to Winnipeg in advance and not a week before the game. Send him up there a couple of months before the game to go over the logistics of how they're going to get this field NFL ready. And that's why I blame the NFL because, again, it's their brand. They're trying to expand their NFL brand into an international series, and they're responsible for this, not Joe Canuck from Winnipeg. When you invite someone over to your house, clean the fucking toilet. And when I'm talking about IG Field, I mean clean the fucking toilet. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a good week. This is going to be a good week of shows. We've got so much to talk about, but uh, I I don't want to get started on another one. We'll stop this one right now because I've got so many things to do. And later on in the program, instead of... Or later on in the week, I should say. I'll just throw a little teaser out there. Ron Barr used to love when I do this, so I'll just say <laughs> well, it. Ron loves it. If Ron, if Ron loves it, um, in lieu of or in, in just for one week, we're going to do something a little different on, on the time slot that usually would be reserved for our Freeform Friday. Chris and I are going to take on this gentleman. Um, what's Sean? Sean? Believe give it or us, not. Give us, give sure, us. believe it or not. Uh, we, we only are going to have people on the show from now on who have the same last name as Bernie. So, <laughs> although it is spelled differently, so there's no, there's no, uh, relation to Bernie Nichols, our good friend here. Oh, really? But, but, so Sean's last name is like Bernie Nichols. Yeah. It's spelled differently, but oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Sean I can Nichols. remember that then. Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to go out and find about the best fantasy football player I could find, um, with apologies to our buddy Greg, uh, because, uh, Greg was well, not, Greg's in Saskatchewan. Greg's in Saskatchewan. Greg was unavailable, but. Uh, other than that, yeah, probably the best guy I could find. Uh, we talk strategy all the time. We're actually doing a team together, a keeper league. And so I wanted to uh, challenge us. I know last year Mike was in his first ever modern day fantasy football draft. So we did that together. Mike and I will once again share a team. And then Sean will be here as well. And we're going to compete against him as well as 10 other guys. We're going to do a 12 team PPR league on ESPN. That's points per reception. And it'll be fun. And so as we're going through, I'll let everyone know what's happening. Uh, I'll collaborate with Mike on each of our picks. I'll give Mike some choices on who he thinks we should go with at each pick. And uh, yeah, we'll just, all the three of us will just discuss kind of the the relevant players here and uh, their fantasy impacts and how the teams are going to do. And uh, I think some of that's definitely going to have to be a discussion of some uh, guys that are Collateral damage, shall we say here, like Marlon Mack or T.Y. Hilton, even the up-and-coming Paris Campbell, Devin Funches, who I think sucks ass. But anyway, uh, <laughs> fuck, I hate Devin Funches. Boy, he sucks. I can't even believe no, him. No, really? I can't even believe how much he sucks. <laughs> Honestly. Like Devin, ugh. 
anyway, but but it'll be interesting to talk about within the wake of the Andrew Luck news. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be our second annual team unscripted, and uh, we did well last year. What did we do? Did we win? I think we won last I year. I think I think we won. I think we won. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, we won the whole I league. Think we but, won. So uh, I think that was a ten-team league. This year we're going to do a twelve-team try and compete against Sean. So we're going to try and make it a little more challenging and see what we can do. But yeah, that's coming up. Uh, we're going to end. We're going to end off not only the week. But season two of Unscripted, oh, yeah. we do full one-year seasons next season. Oh, and I've got a surprise for you. Oh, good. Uh, next, the plan is, if all goes according to plan, uh, next week we will do our uh, we will do our season three kickoff, which we always do with a big NFL. So that'll preval. kick off our third season. Next week we'll kick got off it. our third season, and uh, in studio we should have a special guest, uh, Ryan Hall. Who's really? gonna be here? Yeah, so you, right. you finally get to meet Ryan. He was All our right. guest on episode 100, our three and a half hour bonanza. That's still the longest unscripted episode we'll probably ever do. And so Ryan will be in town, and uh, he should be making an appearance uh, on unscripted as well. So oh, yeah, lots of, lots of fun stuff coming up. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, no, lots of Ellie not... King's talk. Oh my God, we will have fun with that. Uh, Ryan and I, you know, Ryan is is a very knowledgeable, uh, very opinionated. And uh, I really look forward to, to uh, first of all, meeting him for the first time. But uh, I really, I look forward to sitting down and jousting with him uh, <laughs> on uh, the bigger and, and uh, more controversial topics from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. So having said all that, we'll put a wrap on episode number 382 of Unscripted. We thank everybody for participating and hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.